Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rye Pod here with uh, Solomia. We're in our office now today. A little bit of a different setup. We're trying it's something weird. new. It's weird. Yeah, but we're trying something new. Maybe this will work out. New microphones, double mic, you know, whatnot. Fun stuff. A lot to get into tonight. Uh, we got a special guest on the phone because there was a an interesting press conference held today by the athletic director, Whit Babcock of Virginia Tech, to essentially announce nothing. So with me on the phone is Jared Rogers, big VT fan, VT alum, who's seen the Beamer days, seen the Fuente days. And Jared, I guess I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Whit Babcock press conference? Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, really, honestly, um, I, I'm going to have a weird reaction to this. Probably something a little bit different than uh, your typical sort of fan would. Um, I, I think what was really telling about the press conference was something that Babcock said during the press conference, and I won't take it out of context here, which I think is going to be important with kind of the whole conversation uh, about this press conference. But um, at one point, Babcock mentioned that he doesn't do a lot of this stuff very often, that he doesn't really do a whole lot of talking um, kind of all at once with the media about things. And so I think that showed today. Um, I think there's a lot more underneath the surface as you kind of look at some of the comments that were made. Um, I think that, like I said, that inexperience of doing this kind of often showed today. Um, but I got a lot of different sort of thoughts on it. So hopefully we'll get to talk about some of those things. Yeah, for sure. So um, the basis, I don't know if I, Solomia only got um, comments from me, like kind of like the hi- the highlights, I guess you could say. But the main news coming out of it is that um, Justin Fuente is the head coach. He's returning for 2021. Um, no coaching staff changes are made, no, nothing at the coordinator spots, and um, that's basically it. And the bowl game, they will know, I guess, within 24 hours from like 1.30 p.m., so it was like eight hours ago. So hopefully in the next 16 hours they'll know if Virginia Tech is going to accept an invite to a bowl game because, as we know, uh, many teams from the ACC have already opted out. So Virginia Tech is more than likely to get invited. It's just a matter of accepting it. So, I mean, there were some, you could call them pot shots. I thought they were a little kind of, I don't know if they were direct shots, but, you know, Witt's very savvy and kind of passive aggressive with some of the messages he said today about donors and whatnot. But, yeah, the big gist of it all is that Justin Fuente is coming back and there's no coaching staff changes made. So, Solomia. Any quick reaction to that before we dive down deeper into some of the comments? Um, uh, I just think that it's a little surprising that they didn't make any coaching changes. Um, I know that you guys were all saying that after winning against UVA, that saved Fuente's job. But I'm a little shocked that that didn't at least put um, the offensive coordinator's job Mm -hmm. in jeopardy. Um, So it just seems like... We have a athletic director who's a little bit arrogant and doesn't want to admit wrong. Hmm. All right, Jared, your response to, I guess, that, because that was a pretty bold statement she made, but I guess uh, more so the news that came out of the press conference today, the immediate, like, big, you know, Fuentes returning, no coaching staff changes. Um, I, you know, kind of split, split on both of those things. First off, I think the, I think Fuente returning makes sense. Um, I think when you look at the coaching kind of pool, otherwise, at the, especially at this point in mid-December, I think you ask yourself the question of who do you bring in if, if Justin goes. 
Um, you know, I, and people start saying things like Gus Malzahn and stuff, and I'm like, you just saw what that man required of Auburn University. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to try to bring in, and you go for another small school guy, and then you're right back at square one again. And I think I think that's really one of the big things that we tried to communicate today, and I think got kind of taken in a in a poor context because of what he said and kind of how he said it. Um, you know, he mentioned today that that Fuente kind of felt like he's starting now at year one, and, and a lot of people are like, well, they had five years. And I'm like, I think what Babcock's trying to say is that this finally felt like the first year where Fuente maybe wasn't tied to anything else um, of the old regime. Uh, kind of felt like this could be his first year being on his own. And uh, this was a bad year for that to happen. Um, and so um, I'm shocked that Brad is uh, kind of sticking around. I think that's one of the toughest ones of the bunch. But I think at the same time, another quote that came out from the conference was that Babcock said he's not going to make any coaching changes. So if that coaching change was going to happen, that was going to happen at Justin's level. And right now, when you look at a guy like Brad Cornelson, you look at the relationship with Justin, you look at the comments that came out today, it just none of that dynamic sounds like anything where a replacement was going to happen. Um, and I think there's some things that we can take away from the Brad situation. The biggest thing being that I, I, I would like to see some more transparency with him. Uh, you know, he talks to the media maybe once a year. Um, and, and I think maybe having a way to get him out and talking more and explaining why he does certain things would be a good way kind of moving forward. But um, still, still kind of struggle with the Brad one. Everything else kind of makes sense, um, honestly, for right now where we are in the year and, and where we are with this pandemic. I mean, those are all fair points. I, I did um, start to think more. I mean, the Liberty loss was one easy to overreact and say, get him out of here now. I mean, I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are. And um, I just think that, I mean, with the win against UVA, the team showed some fight like against my, I, mean, I don't know, but like in a pandemic year, the school was strapped financially as Witt noted today. You know, it's, it's weird to make a change at that point in the season. I mean, it's only five wins out of 11 games. It's nothing to shout home about. But um, the one comment that it wasn't taken out of context that I – because I watched most of the press conference. It was the most damning one to me where he – where Witt was talking about how tough it was to tear down a program and rebuild it. Um, I'm uh, I'm struggling to see where Fuente took over a crap show of a program. I mean – Sure. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'll get to you in a second, but um, I I don't think he took over a crap show. I mean, like, sure, the Beamer. It's it's natural that the players that Beamer and the the and the, like Leffler and them recruited are not going to gel well with Fuente and those guys because they're just you know different styles and stuff. But I mean, I don't if I don't know if Wit is noting that because I mean Fuente's best teams were year one and two where he had mostly Beamer players. So I'm, I'm just, that was a concerning comment to me. Your thoughts on the notion that Fuente had to tear down and rebuild, I guess like kind of hinting at this was a broken culture. Um, just, I'm sorry, we're kind of jumping in there, but I, I think the big thing and kind of the one of the big things I want to pull out of this is looking at Beamer's final years. Uh, I mean, I think you look at Beamer, Beamer's final years in Blacksburg. You look at a team that couldn't push past seven and six. 
And uh, you know what? They were getting a lot of guys, and, and that goes down to a recruiting conversation, one that you know we can definitely go down that route. But that recruitment was happening not because of Frank Beamer, but because of the people around Frank Beamer. I mean, you know, they had guys like Steinspring that for a long time were you know talked about for one reason or another that we pulled the leg of, of offensive play calling, but that guy could recruit. I mean, that guy could bring in people like nobody's business. And, uh, and I think that was the thing that I think Witt was trying to, and that's one of those cases, like I said, where Witt is trying to say something, and, and I think it just comes out, and I, I personally I think it comes out wrong because of the way that he said it, is that I think that what he was pointing at was the fact that I don't think we ever really hit the reset button when we hired Fuente. And I've told you know our group me this plenty of times before we had the whole honor 25 thing and and then oh bud foster kind of lingered around for a couple years and and it never really felt like clear separation got to happen you know it kind of felt like there was uh you know the beamer era and then fuente took over and still had like you said still had the beamer guys still had the bud foster sort of thing hanging around and and it just never really felt like this program could really be justin's and I think after hearing about kind of how Justin Fuente operates, which I'll be honest with you, I did not know that kind of personality side of him, um, really, that, that um, Babcock talked about today. I didn't know all of that about him being kind of an insider, uh, kind of an internal sort of person. And so I think for me, I look at the program and, you know, three seasons in a row were kind of crumbling along. And, I mean, there's, you know, Beamer retires, and I think – we, we remember the fact that Beamer had so many great years that I think we forget how bad those final few years with him were. You know, I mean, we were we were struggling to beat Marshall. I mean, <laughs> like, those years weren't great either. Um, and, you know, we, got, we bring in Fuente, and we don't really know a whole lot about him. We see this Memphis offense for a couple years and kind of hope that everything goes together. So I think the big thing with that is just that I think what Witt was trying to say is that really this year is actually really the first year – where, you know, Foster's gone now, and, and now it felt like every single piece was Justin's, you know, to kind of go with, and then COVID came. And I think that's the other sort of conversation with it, too. So Yeah. Um, Solomia, I know you've been banging the drum about this, the the state of the program in which he took over into what it is now. So, what Solomia, what was your reaction to hearing Witt say that, you know, it's hard to tear down and rebuild a program? So my point is that why rebuild when you could have built off of what was already a pretty solid foundation? Um, For example, I mean, yes, I know it's not exactly the same thing because he was already working under this coach, but Urban Meyer retired, and then we had um, Ryan Ryan Day Day come in, and he's building his own version of this program, and it's working. He didn't go and say, you know what, I need to go and say, you know what, forget everything that Urban Meyer did, let's start over because I want to do it my way. No, he took what Urban Meyer did that worked and put his own little spin on it. And that's what's working. And that's what we needed to have come in. That's the kind of coach that needed to come into Virginia Tech. He needed to know that this is a guy, Beamer, who, yes, I know his last few years weren't great, probably is because he probably should have retired a little bit earlier Um, You see this with a lot of, just in general, any kind of guy who's working, if you're waiting until retire to the last moment, you're going to have a few meh years. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could look at the, 
the 2012 season, that could have been the spot to say it's time to hang it up instead of wait three more years. And I think, yeah, it, it's a good point. I mean, you know, at some point, I mean, when Beamer's been the coach for as long as he was, and Witt was, Jared, do you know off the top of your hand when Witt was hired as the athletic director? It was probably six, seven years ago. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say it was uh, 2014. 2014, like okay. Yeah, uh, Witt as a new athletic director is not going to fire Frank Beamer. No. I mean, so it's – I'm not going to blame Beamer here, but, yeah, you could make the argument that he should have retired earlier. And you could see and you could see in what year one and two what Fuente was able to do with the offensive guys that Beamer had and, you know, that those were the most explosive offenses that VT has had really since, you know, you can do Tyrod and David Wilson, or you could do, you could even do, you know, go all the way back to Vic. But, you know, it's, it's, it was just an interesting transition. Sold me a real quick, and then we got to move on to some other stuff he said. But also, I wanted to just go off of what Jared was saying with the whole, um, Beamer was struggling to beat, beat teams like Marshall. Well, here we have Fuente, who can't seem to beat Liberty and other teams. I mean, he lost to UVA. That's not good. We have to agree that that's not great. That's not a good thing to do. Um, so if that if we're blaming Beamer on that and saying that that wasn't a good coach, then clearly this isn't good coaching either. So the question is, yeah, of course, yes, Beamer should have not, he probably should have retired earlier. Quarterbacks do the same thing. All the greats go to another team and they start sucking. Let's be real, it has to do with money, not so much with talent um, at that point. But point is that Fuente can't even get to the good part. <laughs> the good part? What does that mean? Like, he's not even reaching a point of like, oh, well, you know, it's fine that he's sucking this year because last year he was on the up and up. It's been a slow decline. Okay. Well, well let's get to a couple more things I want to hit on this. So we kind of touched on it, but the, the coaching staff, non-changes. Jay Ham, former player, is his first year being a defensive coordinator. I'm going to let it slide there, even though the defense looked like a sieve at times. But Brad Cornelson has been the OC since Fuente stepped in the door in Blacksburg. And some of the play calling, depending on, I guess, it, some of it's been good situationally. Others, it's been really poor. Like on third down and, you know, as an offensive coordinator of a team that primarily runs the football, third and two is like your dream down. You know, it's, you could, you could, you you have the whole whole world, but you know it's just the same inside zone runs. And you know I'm getting really specific here, but there's just not as much imaginative play calling in certain spots where we needed to be. You needed to be imaginative. So, um, is the solution? And I don't know if Fuente's going to do this because they announced no coaching staff changes. But we said about when he was at Memphis, he called the plays, and they were an explosive offense. So. Do you think, Jared, this is to you, do you think Fuente will consider um, maybe going back to play calling to see if it works at least for the first few games of next year? No. Mm, no. Mm, no. Um, be quite honest with you, no. I mean, you know, this is a guy that, uh, and, you know, I think everything that we need to know was said in the press conference today. I think there's a dynamic between Fuente and brad that is very understanding of how both people operate i mean these are guys that go all the way back to i believe even their like illinois state coaching days and even i think even before that really um and so 
this is one of those sorts of situations where I don't think that it, you know, it's like, I, I hate to put it this way, but it's kind of like that friend that you, you know, you have in high school and you, you grow up being their friend. And then all of a sudden one day, maybe they go down the wrong path, but you still end up being their friend. Right. And, you know, it's one of those sort of situations where it's like, okay, do I keep being friends with this guy or is he going to make me do something that I don't, you know, regret down the line. And I think that's the big thing Fuente is having a hard time with is this is a guy that he's been kind of a ride or die with for a long time. And, I don't think that there's an ability to let go right now. I mean, this, you know, they're kind of joined at the hip, but, you know, Brad, <laughs> one shocking thing about Brad is he was only the offensive coordinator one year at Memphis. Mm. So he was only the offensive coordinator. He was the co-offensive coordinator that year in 2015. Yep. He was actually a quarterback's coach from 2012 to 2014. And so – what we actually know Memphis for being in terms of an explosive team actually came from an offensive coordinator, Daryl Dickey, who's now with guess which team? You want to take a take a little bit of a guess? Oklahoma? Texas A&M. Mm. So you're talking about a guy that now, okay, he's the offensive coordinator of Texas A&M. You see Texas A&M, where are they right now? They're fifth in They're the standings. Fifth. yeah. I mean, I, now I'll give Jimbo Fisher. Now I'm not going to start, you know, comparing, and that feels like we're getting a little apples to oranges. Mm. But <laughs> Brad to Daryl, Daryl's had the better trajectory. I mean, you know, he's gone to Texas A&M, and now, you know, so that makes me kind of wonder a little bit about that. And I think that's my big thing that I wonder about is: is 2015 really was that Brad, or was it somebody else? And obviously, it wasn't Brad before that, so. You know, what did he bring? I mean, did Fuente bring him because that's all he had? Or what happened there? I mean, that's that's a big question kind of for me. Yeah. So, um, so let me real quick, you wanted to say something. Um, yes, I was going to go off of the whole uh, high school friend thing of a <laughs> high school friend who went down the wrong path. Um, yeah. Yes, I might stay their friend, but I don't hire my friends. <laughs> and <laughs> they do well, that, so, they but, do recommend not to work with your you're friends. Agree, so you're agreeing. That's Jared's point. Yes. Like you'd stuck with them maybe a little too long. That 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 is yeah. my point. That is, yeah. I'm agreeing. Yeah. And I think at this point now, <laughs> the real question is, can you even get rid of them? I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> what is it going to take for you to get rid of them? Is it going to take bad blood between the two of you? Like, what's gonna what's going to actually cause change to happen? And honestly, I think it's going to cause it's going to require one of them to be let go by wit. And I think today in the press conference, that didn't sound like it was going to happen unless it was Justin Fuente. So. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds like that sounds normal to me. I mean, head coaches are in control of their staff, mm-hmm. and so I would not expect wit. I would not expect it to be Wit's call to fire Brad. Maybe maybe that was talked about, and there was a four hour meeting that Wit had with Justin yesterday or today, and maybe that came up. And Fuente said, "No, that's my guy. Like, trust. I, I trust him. You know, we're, we we've talked about it. We're going to get it right. And you know, okay, that's all you can go off of now. I want to go quickly to the." To the defense, and this might end up turning into a recruiting question because D tackle is a problem depth wise because Hewitt's a good player and Pollard can play well at times. But no, like the the defense, we could not stop the run or the quarterback run, or really just you know any run. And then the pass plays, we would play a lot of soft zone, which I know Jared, you were screaming about, um, especially against UVA. But all season, really, third and long was you know. Hot knife through butter for a lot of teams that were playing us. What's the solution defensively? Because, like, I I said it, and maybe you agree with this. I'm giving Jay Ham a total pass on this year. It's been crazy for him. 
So what's the solution defensively? Because that's seemed to be against, I mean, you look against Pitt and against Liberty and against Miami in the fourth quarter, that seemed to be where we kind of lost, lost momentum there. Uh, I mean, you know, I think you start by looking at your coaching staffs around Jay Ham. Uh, I think Jay Ham had a great sort of, you know, ability to to be part of a staff with Bud Foster where he could take on a singular role. And, um, you know, I, I think before the season started, I even asked the question of can he translate between being in charge of one one position versus being in charge of all of them? And I think I think it's a tough task to do in your first year, no, no matter what coach you are. Um, I think the big thing I would push for, um, and I've said this for a long time, and they, you started seeing it this year, and I think they need to continue to go down this path, especially with our Twitter fan base here, That and I, I, I would imagine that's part of this whole discussion too, is, you know, this Twitter fan base is all about the players we used to have and everything, and, and I think this year's coaching staff, we added Daryl Cap. You know, we had, we have Jack Tyler, who's on the staff as well. You know, we're talking about some guys who are former players who are now on the staff. And I think you need to continue to use those guys to your advantage. And I think even maybe in the future, start to have those guys be people that we, we continue to hire, um, you know. And, and, you know, I don't know how well of a job. I, I never really heard from Ryan Smith all throughout the year, and he's our corners coach. Um, you know, I, I, I think – that's a place where maybe you go and say, can we do something better? Can we go find a guy? Can we get a guy? Uh, you know, the name everybody throws around is always D'Angelo Hall. Can we I, go bring it? I want Brandon Flowers. Okay, can we bring in Brandon? I, you know, I wouldn't be against it either. <laughs> but I think this staff, if people really want to have a way to say, okay, we're going to need to respect the older players, make them part of your staff. I mean, you saw Daryl Tapp this year. He looked like a psycho on the sidelines, but that gave energy to a team sometimes. And, you know, it's hard playing in an empty stadium, I imagine, with that. And, you know, that would have been able to feed a little bit better, I think, with we had fans. But I think you need to continue to get those guys to be um, involved. I think you need to continue to get those guys to be part of your recruiting process. I can't imagine Daryl Tapp had a whole lot of time to be able to go out and do recruiting. He would be perfect for that job. I've met Daryl Tapp before. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's the key is getting guys out on the road again, which, you know, maybe that goes all the way back to the COVID situation with recruiting as well. I mean, you know, you're not even able to even meet some of these guys. So, I mean, I, I hope that that's where that goes in the future. I like some of the guys. Hopefully we can get a little bit better with it kind of down the road. Yeah. And they went even said this. Um, they mentioned depth was a little bit of an issue defensively. I mean, you got Caleb who opted out, and Waller didn't play much of the year. So you had true freshman Dorian Strong, and then and Devin Taylor in your back end for most of the season. Uh, it's not ideal when you're going up against quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence and Derek King and whatnot. So I'll go to this. I touched on it briefly earlier. Um, the bowl streak. Um, it's a thing that I guess is a very prideful thing. And, you know, again, this is a matter, it's a different matter. There's no record, you know, limit, or I guess record mark you have to hit. So, I mean, so let me, I'll throw this to you quickly. Um, If they're offered a bowl bid, should they take it? I think it's up to the players. Mm -hmm. Um, If the players want to, then go right ahead. 
Um, I completely understand if they're nervous in terms of NFL, in terms of COVID. Um, and that way, if it's in with the um, players and it's in their hands, then it's not really a bull streak that's lost because the players took advantage, uh, took a hold of it. If it's the coaches, that's where I'm like, mm, you're taking away from the kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jared, I mean, we've we, you and I have been watching for years and years. How important do you do? You, I'm starting to maybe come the other way. Can we just get the bowl streak like over with so it's not uh, looming over our heads? Or is this something that this team should continue to take pride in? There you go. I, I, I mean, I think I, I, you know, and I said it about a couple other things. You know, I mentioned it already about the 25 and how I think that should probably be something that kind of goes away. And you know, I, I think, I think you know, losing to UVA last year is another sort of thing where you don't never want you never want to lose to UVA, obviously. But you know, sometimes it's like, all right, let's re, let's hit the reset and you know, think about how good Saturday felt after winning it, after losing it. You know what I mean? It kind of gave a little bit more juice to that win again. So I, I think bowl streak i don't really care i'm gonna be quite honest with you I, I really don't and maybe some older heads do um maybe they take pride in that and you know i respect that and if that's what you're kind of feeling but i think you'll learn a lot based off of if these players decide to play or not i think if they decide to play and they take the bid i think if you look at a guy like darisol or you look at a guy like herbert and these are guys that are going to start getting draft stock. If they play in the bowl game, that's going to tell me a lot about this coaching staff. Okay? Yeah, yeah. If they play in this bowl game, that tells me a lot about what they think about this team and what they think about this coaching staff. If they don't play in the bowl, then that tells me everything I need to know. But that'll be a good sort of sign to see kind of how this all plays out. But of course, they got to accept the bowl. They got to actually opt in for that first. But I'll be interested to see how that kind of all plays out. Yeah, I am too. I mean, even if it's the military bowl, you know, so what? I mean, it's a short drive. Yeah, who cares? I've been to that bowl enough. So, um, last thing on the Wit press conference was took a little bit of a shot at the at Hokey Twitter and the donors. Um, the quote I like that he said was um, those that threatened to pull money publicly don't donate much to begin with solomia has thoughts i guess on this i have more than thoughts so quickly though because i have i want to give everyone some time here this, i a, have stats you have stats okay i looked this up because i wanted to um i found out and decided look at that um the hokey club actually puts out reports of their donors every year mm. 2020 actually had the highest number of donors this year of, of out of all the years that Hokie Club has existed. Saying something like that in a year where you managed to get that many donors who really needed, you needed that support in a time of a pandemic where your tuition um, is, you have a lot of students who decide not to go to school that semester. Mm -hmm. That's a big issue. And you are saying things like that to those people, that is something you should never do. Especially, you don't want to you don't want to offend the people that have basically are trying to save your program and funding your program. They donated a total of dun dun dun. dun Still looking it up. <laughs> One seventeen thousand eight hundred. Oh, sorry. You had not total number of money. 
you had 17,814 donors, which means that these aren't four huge donors. These are lots of little donors. Those little donors that you're saying that will publicly say that they're not going to donate, apparently don't donate. Wait, so the number, the highest number of donors, donors or money donated? Both. Do, donated. Both. Both. Okay. Jared, your response to her pulling out the receipts. I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. I like it. I, I, you know, I actually also had the report pulled up. So Ah, nice. there you go. Um, very good. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the big things I will say is just, you know, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I think one of the big things to kind of pull out of this is what I said at the beginning that I think I think Whip was going for something completely different and he missed the mark. He totally whiffed on it. And I think I think what he was going for, if I can try to maybe put words in his mouth without sounding like I'm putting words in his mouth, is that I think what he's trying to say is that a lot of people who end up making all of these comments on Twitter are the same people who you know, at the same time are a little bit wishy-washy in terms of kind of their perspective of Virginia Tech, you know, that maybe are a little bit more gut, you know, kind of gut reaction on Twitter, you know, I think, and, and you know my opinions about Twitter with Virginia Tech. I, I've it's a terrible, it, terrible place. I've called it destructive for years. I mean, years, ever since, you know, I even was at the school. I mean, you know, talking to players and stuff, I just, I've, I've always felt that that's been a terrible thing to begin with and i think that's what he was really trying to attack is the fact that there's a lot of people who take a lot of time to say things without putting any sort of effort into backing it up and and i don't think that he was going out there and being like hey person that only has 50 dollars to donate every month you are you are the worst person and you know like and i think that's the problem about what he said is that's how it came off you know he's saying hey look a lot of the people aren't the big money donors which you know a lot of people took offense with you know and that's um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into it way too much, but that's something very, uh, you know, important for people, especially in our region. You know, I mean, if you're talking about how much you donate, it's not about how much. It's about the fact that you are. And I think that he missed the mark on that a little bit because that's very important to Virginia Tech. It's very important to the identity of our community is not necessarily how much it's it's. It's that we are, and I think that that's kind of a big sort of whiff um, in terms of the, where the program is going and where I'd like to see maybe some improvement as a fan is is in the future. If you're going to say that you want to value people and their donations, then make them feel valued no matter what money they give. You know, If I put in only $20 a year or whatever, at least I'm putting in $20 a year. You know, It's one of those sorts of things where it's like I just want to see a little bit more of a kind of a connection there and uh, and hopefully maybe that's what he was going for with that conversation yeah i agree solomia has a quick response and then we're going to go to what we think should happen in 2021 go ahead so two quick points um one for the fact that well maybe this is what wit was trying to say but didn't say it right honestly if you have that big of an issue then you should not be an athletic director you clearly don't know how to speak to people and that is pretty much your main job so I'm going to now start the new train oh, of no, hashtag no, fire no. back. You can't call for people's talk. jobs. I am. We're not. I am starting my train. Yet. I'm doing it. I'm starting the train. Oh, Please join geez. me on hashtag. Did Fire Fuente work? No. Hashtag Firewit. It's his first press conference in like two years. That's also a problem. You shouldn't have press conferences very, every two it's years. Very, but he owned up to that. He did. 
he will. I will say that he did own up did. to that in today's press conference. He said, "I have not been very good at being transparent," and so I mean, he did say that. But also, you should if if this is the first time in two years that you've spoken, you should probably should prepare better and not say terrible things. Thing number two that I was going to say also was that um, yes, I understand that that Twitter can be a bad place for Hokies, but we've also had a lot of former players who have gone out and said, "See." We've been telling you this, and you guys didn't believe us. That's why we were transferring. Um, that we, It is a toxic football culture over there with Fuente. So I think we have to listen to that part, too. Yeah, Jared, you can respond real quickly to that. Yeah, can you name those players for me? Eric, I can name Eric Kuma off the top of my head. Um, I don't remember their names because I'm really bad at names, but I do remember seeing it. Like, uh, um, um, what's-his-face? Jeez. Um, Hezekiah? No, not Grimsley. There was a Mook Reynolds. You know, um, I can name a yeah, few. That's part of it. And I'm not calling those guys out. They're entitled to their opinions and everything else in between with that. But I'm just going to be, with all due respect on that, those guys ended up where after the fact? Yeah, Kuma went to ODU and Mook Reynolds, you know, is, it, is he in jail like, still? Like, what's the deal there? Yeah, D3 school. Um, so, I, I don't mean to be mean when I say that, but I think one of the big things I want to point out is that they obviously did not gel well with the coaching staff. They obviously did not work well with the coaching staff for whatever reason that may be. I'm not saying that they're wrong with their opinions. It's just that at the end of the day, those guys are part of a new system, too, in the transfer portal that we talked about today that's brand new that is exposing some of the problems of college football that's probably lasted for a long period of time. I mean, this is something that back in the early 2000s, I imagine there's quite a bit of players that would have loved to have been able to enter a transfer portal. So, I mean, you know, and like I said, I think that's where you get kind of that disconnect is, you know, these guys aren't guys that are transferring and then going to Alabama. So, I mean, at the same time, it's like you kind of have to take those things kind of hand in hand with one another. That's fair enough. It's just like we said, hokey Twitter, whether it's former players or fans or old heads, it's a very dark, dark place. Very. I don't touch it. (laughs) So moving on quickly, the last – We'll end with the press conference talk here. The 2021, um, we say it every year, like we expect. Um, Witt said he wants to see, quote, noticeable improvement. I think that's like a duh. But <laughs> um, I think it sounded like a, a big reason he called this press conference was like, I'm going to acknowledge everyone and acknowledge their concerns. 2021 is the year, like for figuring it out so i guess expectations will go around the table here i'll start it needs to be an acc coastal title i don't care about north carolina and mac brown okay beat them they kicked the snot out of you this year beat them next year you're better than miami you're better than Pitt. prove it i think a coastal title should be the expectation next year jared what do you think have fun you've heard it you've heard me say it before I think number one on my agenda is have fun. I'd like to see a team that has fun again. Um, there's There was a sort of feeling in Blacksburg, especially in the first year or so, where every game we could just have some fun. Like there were some things that felt like wrinkles in the game. And, um, you know, Fuente was jumping up and down. And, you know, we, I remember the Stroman kickoff, Fuente ran with them. And, you know, it's just try to find some of that fun. I think that's going to be your first step in getting kind of what happened this year to, to move forward. Um, I'm not going to, and I'm kind of with wit on this. I'm not going to put a win loss on it myself just because I don't, I don't really 
I don't know if I can without, I mean, I think the coastal is such a wide open thing and I don't really know what's going to happen in terms of if Howell's going to come back If you know, De'Aaron King is, I don't, I don't know all that information enough to tell you, but I think competing for a coastal is there. And, uh, and like I said, have fun. I mean, you know, things like the jump pass are all of a sudden gone. I mean, things like fake punts that used to happen are all of a sudden gone. I mean, it's just like, I felt like, I feel like it's kind of one of those sort of tough situations where we lost the fun that we used to be having. And, and that's really played a bad part in kind of where we're at right now. Well, I guess at this point we should just give them participation trophies. Oh, Lord. Um, what I what I will say is um, that this is going to tie into some other things. So, Jared, I know that you've been a uh, critic of my Cleveland Browns saying... We're not there yet. Wait. We're not there yet. I am connecting things. Why do this now? It is part of my well-constructed argument that... Well, they haven't beaten a good team. They need to do this. They need to prove themselves in order to be considered a good team. If that is your expectation of a football team, then why are you just expecting your football team to just have fun and win a participation trophy? Uh, First off, I'm not expecting my team to have a participation trophy. I think that that's kind of going a little too far. Um, I think at the same time also... I look at a team like the Cleveland Browns who had a nine, what, a nine, what is it, nine and three now? They're nine, nine and four. four. Ooh, nine and four now. Um, so, you know, we look at nine and four, and I, I think with that, I want to be able to see what type of team you are at nine and four, and I think that's my big comment there in terms of saying, is Cleveland proven yet or not? And I think you're, you're going to find out that my comments about the Pittsburgh Steelers are the same way. You're going to find out my comment about the Green Bay Packers is the same way. Now, that's just me and kind of how I assess a team, but I just I want to be able to see it. Is it sustained into the playoffs, and can you prove yourself in the playoffs? I'm going to be cynical until that point just because I haven't been able to see it up until then. You know, I mean, I used to be critical of the Chiefs and saying, look, you get to the playoffs, and this was back in Alex Smith days. I'm yeah, like, they, wouldn't, the they wouldn't win a game. No. So, look, you got to prove it to me, and that's all I'm asking for. And right now for Tech, you know, at the same point, that's, you know, we're not there. <laughs> we just got off a five and six season. You're coming off of an even worse one before that. So I'm not going to take an epic leap to the next step because I just know that that's not what we're going to get to right now. That's just, that's just trying to be realistic about where we're at. I just told me it calmly. Sorry. I just think that if you are going to be that critic about, cr- critical with other teams and that is your way of assessing teams, then you should also be critical of your team and of the Virginia Tech Hokies because at this point it kind of just feels like well I'm just not going to care because what's the point the whole point is caring that's why we're fans who's the the number one critic of Virginia Tech football me Doug Wilson you (laughs) you and then followed by who Doug Wilson (laughs) Brian then followed by me okay I'm just going to tell you and and my dad I'd put him at number one that's what Shout out, Doug. Yes. But, like, I have been critical of this team for a very long time. I think I think what you have to understand is just because of one comment where I'm saying having fun, which I think is a very important thing to get to win. I'm, I'm going to clarify it in a minute because I know what you were saying, but keep going. Yeah, that, that that is what I'm kind of trying to go at is that this team's not going to go anywhere by everybody getting angry about every single little play that's happening. 
that's not going to work. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's not going to put fans in the seats. That's not going to have people cheering or anything at all. So until this team learns that they can be playing a little bit looser, then then that's how I'm going to look at it. That's what I want to see improved. When he said, oh, sorry, keep going. Well, and the one last thing I'll say is NFL football is not college football. So I'm sorry, but I can't put those things on the same level. You cannot try to put those two things on the same level. You can't. You yeah. just can't. Yeah, what, what he meant by having fun was not as it, it's not, you know, Rutgers versus Clemson. Oh, just go have fun out there. You know, we'll take the final score. No, like have life on the sideline. Have good play calls. Have the team celebrating. Do the touchback thing where the special teams guys go pump up the crowd. You know, I'd, that, I'd call that an energetic team, not a fun that team. Is just fun. Having fun. That is, they are having fun, but, but they the, are legitimately having fun. The, when you go skiing, are you having fun? Yes, I'm when not competing <laughs> for anything. Okay. That's the point. Just having fun means there's no competition. That's I don't want to see no competition. I'm not. When You're I'm taking skiing, it too literal. No, stop. You You're just taking... said it's like skiing, and in skiing, no. I'm just having fun because I'm not competing for anything. You need. You're taking it too literal, as in like having fun is part of it. <laughs> Obviously, Jared and I want them to win every game. We're not going to go like. Clemson this year might have been different because we were already checked out, but we're not going into a game like against a top ten team going, ah, oh, geez, this this will be you know just just go have fun out there, try not to lose by sixty. Then don't say just have fun. That's not. Well, but that is have, what you said. You're taking it too literal, and we're moving on. But that's what the we're moving on. Then now. don't use the phrase. <laughs> okay, we're done with Wits press conference. Hopefully, twenty twenty one is better. I didn't get to say what I expected out twenty twenty. Okay, what do you you had plenty of time. What what do you expect from 2021 then? You had plenty of time to say what you needed to I say. I agree. Coastal. Okay. Got to win it. That's it. And uh mm-hmm. if you don't fire. Oh, okay. Fire them all. Okay. All right. We're we're moving on. We don't need this to get heated quite hey, yet until we talk about the I think the same about the Terps. If they don't win next year, fire them all. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I'm consistent. <laughs> so the Terps should win the Big 10 East next year. No. But they should be damn good. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm just moving. You should at least I'm be able to right beat Ohio that. State. You should be able to I'm, beat and compete with Ohio I'm State. I'm moving right past. If you're past. not beating Ohio State, what's the point? Move on. You're, you're not going to let me talk. I'm just saying. You're not going to let me talk? Yeah. You're going to let me talk? Yeah. We're good now? Yes. Can we take a breath? Yes. So I'll take a breath. Okay, we're good now. Back to the rest of college football where good college football is being played with coaches that aren't on the hot seat. Let's make some pick. Well, I guess this ties into college picks. Um, on championship weekend, um, the playoff is becoming more and more clear. Um, I think we agree that Alabama, I, I don't, I haven't talked to Jared much about this, believe it or not. It's been a weird college football season. We usually always talk about this, but I think we all agree that Alabama is the best team in the country. So let's go, which team, whether it, it can be someone that's not in the four, it doesn't matter. Which team is the biggest threat? to Alabama, and then winning another championship, Jared? Clemson. Boom, just straight up? In my opinion, Clemson. Again, I say this every single year, Clemson is the best team at getting better in November and December. They are the best team at improving themselves in the months that matter. Everybody freaks out when there's some game in October that they lose, and then they come and they steamroll November and December. So... I'm just saying I, I trust Clemson. I even trust their backup at this point to go in there and do mm. something. Mm. I mean, that's that's all w- I need to see. Would you favor Alabama in that matchup, though? 
probably. Okay. Probably. Salmia, do you agree that Clemson is the biggest threat to Alabama in college football this year? No. Ooh. Who is it then? I think, in order to explain this, I think that Notre Dame beats Clemson. Okay. Um, and so I think the playoff picture will be. Um, well, Clemson's out then. With, yes. They, they, you can't take a two-loss Clemson team that didn't win the conference. Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. I think it's going to be Bama. Notre Not Dame. in any particular order, but because um, I don't really remember what the how it would fit in numbers and rankings and stuff. But it'd be right. Bama, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and A um, and M probably. Yeah, A and M. Those are my four, and I personally think that Ohio State is the biggest threat to Bama, just because everyone's kind of been overlooking them because they haven't had a lot of games. But they're hmm. a really good team. Hmm. They're playing really well. I also think that Notre Dame has a shot at this. They're an energetic, fun team to watch. Um, they have something they're playing to play for. They're competitive. They're everything that Virginia Tech should be. But oh I'm my god! Into- Enough of the pot shots. We're not even talking about Virginia Tech. I know, now. but I'm just saying that this is a team that I think Good that god. they're going at it as we have nothing to lose. So why not go for it? You're just asking me to just walk right by that pot shot. We're, we're going to move on. Um, I'll, I'll agree with Jared. I think it's Clemson. I don't think Notre Dame matches up. It's weird to say. I don't know if they match up in the trenches. I'm talking about Notre Dame's defensive line versus Alabama's offensive line. And then just the, the, they're just too many good receivers. And I think that's that's been Clemson's problem this year. They haven't been able to stop a lot of people. So I think Alabama will take advantage of that. Um, Ohio State is a good answer. Because I think they have the firepower that Alabama does offensively, but defensively they lost too many guys with Okuda gone in the back in their back end. So I think Alabama has a clear shot to another national title. This would be Saban's sixth, fifth, seventh. I don't know. I've lost count at this point. So did you have something to say? You were like kind of itching at it. It sounded like, but oh, uh, uh, I mean, sure, I can't ignore that comment either. Yeah, but, I, I mean, um, just for crying out loud, I thought we moved struggling. past this. I'm struggling to move beyond that, but um, I think the big thing is I would disagree with Ohio State either. I, I, you know, you know my opinion on this. I still, I'm in the minority that still kind of struggles with kind of the difference in the team that's ten and zero versus a team that's five and zero, and kind of trying to put those teams on the same level. And you know, we just got through a conversation talking about comparing teams to one another. I mean, I, I, I definitely see that, but. You know, a team like Indiana took it Ohio State to the end of the game, uh, you know, in some ways. And so I, I just – I don't know. I'm just going to struggle with that a little bit. I know they're restrained by what happened with their schedule, and I know that that 5-0 and is taking into account that other teams canceled on them. Um, but I just kind of struggle with it. Just I guess that's just the sort of purest in me about knowing and seeing a bunch of 10-0 and and 11 and – you know what I mean? Like back yeah, yeah, the yeah. at the top. So just haven't seen them I just kind of – I just, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's what I'm saying about Clemson, you know, in October, they always lose a game. So I feel like I don't know if I got to see Ohio State's turning point yet to know what happens after they lose a game or if that even happens. So, right. I get right. All right. Well, let's go into picking some of these um, games. Excuse me. Conference championship weekend. Um, the Pac-12 championship flying under the radar here and USC is 5-0 and and has a chance to be an undefeated Pac-12 um, champion be a Rose Bowl bell no because that's one of the playoff games but they obviously go to New Year's Six Bowl but I think USC will beat Oregon it'll probably be a pretty close game but I think USC goes to 6-0 and 
and wins the Pac-12 in this very short year. Jared, you can go next. Is Oregon even like near the rankings? They're, no, they're oh, three and that... they're three and two. It, the Pac-12. This really didn't count for them, but you know. Uh, that's that's yeah okay. Uh, USC easily then. So I mean, you got USC. Yes. Okay. That was just kind of a you know, softball pick. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten championship on Saturday at noon. Six and one Northwestern, who's got a defense going up against Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by twenty and a half. It's a little outrageous to me. I'll go Ohio State, but if I'm a gambling man, I'm taking the twenty points. We're going the same order, so Jared, go. Yeah, I figured as much. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Ohio State, but I'm definitely like I'm with you. I'm betting back twenty plus. Oh my goodness, that's a uh, that's easy. That's I know easy, it's not at the shoe; it's at Indy. I think. I mean, look at Big Ten championships in the past; they are not high scoring affairs sometimes. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. They, they're always close. So me, what do you think? Um. Yeah. I also. Ohio um, State. Ohio State. Okay. I'm not going to talk about the betting part just because I don't totally yeah. understand it. So, <laughs> you what? You're not you know a gambling degenerate like we are. I'm just kidding. Um, no. Um, no, I'm not either. No one is. A and M's going to beat Tennessee. Big Twelve Championship. Iowa State is sixth. I mean, so they're kind of like have an outside shot. Maybe if some things fall their way, Iowa State is playing Oklahoma. Gosh, this is a tough. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go. It's hard to beat the same team twice in one year, so I'll go Oklahoma in a high-scoring game. Gets Iowa State um, the second time around. Can Matt Campbell even beat a good team? In That's a, a big good moment. question. In a big moment. In a big moment, because he's beaten good teams before. Can he do it in the biggest moment right now? when his team is 8-2, and two, and I don't think he can because of one reason and one reason only. This game is at AT&T, AT&T Stadium, and any time that Oklahoma plays there, they play better than they should. Yeah. Oklahoma or Ohio- Iowa State, Solomia. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, the Sun Belt. Ooh, this is the yeah. juicy one. The Sun Belt Conference game, 9-1 and one, Louisiana Raging Cajuns versus Coastal Carolina. Um, I'll go Coastal. They get to 12-0. The, uh, if Justin Fuente was fired, coaches pool game of dreams. Yes. Uh, this, these literally would have been the two coaches I would have wanted to be our head coach. Uh, I'll pick Coastal because they're fun. Yes, the great, the teal turf. Is that, I think that's at, uh, Coastal, right? I, I don't think it's a neutral site for the Sun Belt. I'm yes. checking, checking, checking. Yes, it's in Brooks Stadium. Let's go. Solomia, who do you got? Louisiana or Coastal Carolina? Also Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Also agreed. I would have liked to have seen the Coastal Carolina coach at yeah. Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, because he's fun. All right. the we'll, we'll go down. We'll skip a couple before we get to the big ones. Um, Tulsa-Cincinnati in the American Athletic game. I'll go Cincinnati. They're going to a New Year's Six Bowl if they win this game. Cincinnati, also another coach that could have been an outside shot. At the he would have been. He would have asked for a lot of money. But he had the Cincy connection, so. But I'll you take do. Cincy easy. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah. All right, ACC title. Um, Clemson, Notre Dame, round two. First one was a great one. Clemson is a ten and a half point favorite. That's a little high to me. 
I think Clemson gets their revenge. Trevor Lawrence plays a great game. Might not be 10.5, but Clemson gets this one, and that means both teams make the playoff. $1,325 tickets for this game, by the way, which I think is crazy. No kidding. Uh, yeah, it's also in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, so I am taking Clemson uh, mainly because this is now their home field game. Yeah. I'm going you, you said the pick earlier. Dame, which, which I already said. Um, I just think that Notre Dame wants it more. Mm. That's it. Mm. Mm. SEC Championship. Florida ha- had a would have had a lot more to play for if they played better last week. They're playing Alabama. Um, Alabama's a 17-point favorite. I have some thoughts here. I think Florida... I will go as far as to say that Florida will be winning this game at halftime, but Alabama will pull... Because of the pissed-offness, and Dan Mullen is a guy that has given Saban trouble in the past with his offenses... I think I think Florida comes out absolutely firing on offense. They will be leading at halftime, but Alabama will win, and it will be like a fifty-six to forty-eight kind of game. But give me the Crimson Tide um, rolling to eleven and zero. Uh, last week took a whole lot of Florida sales. I think this is done in terms of where we're at. I think Bama wins. Uh, Kyle Trask plays a good game. I think, but I think in the end of the day. Uh, it's still a weird line at 17. And fun fact, the tickets for this game are $190. So that what? really tells a really big weird difference between those two games. But Jeez. Right, I take Bama. All right. I am too going to uh, Bama. <laughs> nice try. You ain't getting it out of us. All right. Um, NFL, we can do picks. I mean... Is there any stories to break down from the NFL that anyone wanted to go over real quick? Anybody? I hear crickets. All right, we'll move on. Oh, the Steelers are frauds. I guess Jared kind of wanted to say something about the Steelers. Maybe? I don't remember. You said like they're, you don't like the way they're playing. Never assess a team until they get to the playoffs. I will say it once. I'll say it again. <laughs> Never assess a team until they make it to the playoffs. Then tell me what kind of team they are. Then I can come out of that going into the next year telling you what time of, type of team I'm looking for. So uh, I'm just going to – right now, I don't think that the Steelers can sustain once they reach the playoffs and once they have to do a one-game sort of situation with a team like, let's say they get far enough to play Kansas City. They're not going to win that game in my opinion. No. I, so it's just – This is – This – you might, you and I might have the same answer. Can they win a playoff game? I think no. Who, who's their matchup right now? Well, they're the second, so the seventh seed, Miami. Mm, tough game. Or I mean, like you, the teams they're going to play. You look at Miami, Indy, and Cleveland. Cleveland's a bad matchup for the Steelers. I Very think. Bad. Um, and Indy can um, stuff the pass. So I'm not sure the Steelers can win a game in the playoffs. Nah, I don't know. But we'll get to that yeah. when they make the playoffs and we'll go through our wildcard week. Sorry. I was. I had a thought. 
Um, so... Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. With the whole... Um, You're all the way over the room. It's it's difficult now in our new setup. I know. It is different because I have to, like, wave my... No one's seeing this, but I'm, like, waving my hands furiously trying to get Ryan's She's attention. writing stuff down on a notepad. I am. Because I don't want to say things. It's... Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Vigorously uh, writing, Donors! I, I want to talk donors! I had a question for Jared because I'm curious... Um, so if you say that you don't assess teams until they make it to the playoffs, so with the Ravens, do you not see them as a very good team because they haven't won a playoff game when they did make it to the playoffs? Yeah, they're, they're unstable to me. I don't, I don't. Okay, cool. See, I I just, not that I thought you were going to be inconsistent. I was just curious what your thoughts were because that is like a really big hot topic with some people disagreeing completely and a lot of some people agreeing, so. Icky. I mean, look at their look at their past. I mean, they get into the playoffs, and you're putting a system. Oh, I forgot. Baltimore was they could they could the Steelers could face Baltimore. I got a best friend who is a Ravens fan, and I tell him all the time. I said, when you become a system team, you can get destroyed in the playoffs for it, and you can see that. I mean, the Titans exposed them for being a a system team. I mean, you know, I think they're going to have a hard time again this. So I think yeah. that's what really goes into any time the Ravens win. I'm honestly shocked because it's it's one of those sort of situations where it's like they're a system team. You just stop the system and you win the game. But that's for another. Yeah, um, I had to get this in. A Washington football team has won four straight games. They are now hey. they are now leading the NFC East by a game. A double part question: Will they win the division? And can they win a playoff game? A playoff game. Uh, is it me? Yes, it can be. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they win the division. I think. Uh, I think you look at this point. I think uh, the Eagles have found a little something in Jalen Hurts. There, there. I'm. That's that's the team I'm scared of. I would be cautious about you. Anybody saying that? Hey, all of a sudden now with Jalen Hurts, they've fixed everything. I'm not going to say that, but I'm saying this year they are the team I, that scares me in this division. I'm saying only radio people are saying that for some reason. Uh, but um, I would say the Giants are pretty much out now with kind of the way that their team is. is they look up. like crap. Yeah, the, the Eagles could be, and that tie is lingering, which is such an annoying thing. I hate, I hate it. I hate that but, the tie is going to be a factor and, here. And they won the playoff game. Um, I mean, I think if you look at the projected sort of situation, what would they be? I mean, they'd be the fourth seed, right? They would play, so, Tamp- I mean, they would play Tampa or Seattle. Today. In a home game, which I think honestly, they could beat. They would beat Tampa. They could beat Tampa, especially with the pass rush. I think that that. So yeah, you know what? Yes, I will say they can win a playoff game. Will they? I have no idea. Yeah, there's, there's no way to say that. So let me a two part question: Will they win the division, and can they win a playoff game? Easy. No one no. They're not going to win the division? And this is why. I have a really. Oh my Lord. I actually have a good reason, though. It has nothing to do with could you. I don't think you will because I think that I don't know if Alex Smith is going to play another game. That's a big factor. Because why ruin the chances of your best quarterback to be ready for next season by playing him now? To win the division? (laughs) Because... I don't, this year? But what would you rather have? Win the division this year or wait? I'm not saying tank or anything like that. Yeah, you but are. I'm saying win the division this year and risk not having a starting quarterback? Yes. Yes. 
and not having because I know if the Falcons were nine and six and the Saints and Bucks were eight and five, but Matt Ryan is kind of gimpy. You'd want them to win the division, no? Oh yeah, I'd want to win. The yeah, division. come on. I don't. I don't know because Alex Smith right now is a big player in this whole idea of drafting a young quarterback who sits behind Alex Smith for a year, just like Patrick Mahomes, and that could be a saving grace of the Washington Football Team. And you'd be ruining that if you break him. I. We'll get to it in picks. And I but, don't want to okay. do an RG three again. Okay. That's why so I. That don't means. Think. Oh, you said no. They can't win a play. No okay. and no. Jared, keep going. No, I was just saying, uh, you look at their last three games, it's not an easy schedule. I mean, you got the Seahawks, the Panthers, and then the Eagles. So, I mean, you're going to be, you could run, or you could lose to the Seahawks. So then you're at 6-8. and eight. Then you win against the Panthers, I think, especially in a home game, Ron Rivera kind of revenge game. There. Oh, there, there's going to be some stops pulled out there. So I think that brings you to 7-8. and eight. So the Winning question, in. Jeez. So the is, are the Eagles at a situation where, they, I mean, they would have to win out their schedule, right, to be able to be in contention. They'd have to just win the next two, and you'll be in position to beat Washington and get in. And at the Cardinals? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's a t- we'll, get, we'll get to that. But, yeah, it's – it's like, like I said, the team I'm worried about now is the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts. If it was Carson Wentz, I wouldn't even be considering oh, them. agreed, by the way. Yeah. If it was Carson Wentz, I completely agree. And I think they would be playing Alex. She's taking her very um, uh, rare W on this, on the Wentz thing. Yes, I. That's not a rare W. You all agreed with me about Fuente for a while there, until this past weekend. (laughs) Jared, you had something. Sorry. No, I just laughing at the. I was just laughing at her. I like. I like her Wentz stuff. It's funny to me. Because I think I think she's right. I never said that she's wrong about that. I mean, I thought Wentz was always kind of a wash anyway. But yeah. uh, I think that I think Wentz should go somewhere else. But um, oh, we'll know. get to that. Know. Yeah, we can get to that conversation at some point. Yeah. So all right, let's do some picks of the NFL um, Thursday night. Chargers Raiders Raiders really need this one to have any shot. So I'll go with Vegas. Chargers beat my Falcons, so I'm picking the Raiders. And shout out to my dad, Raiders fan. Of course, I always do. The Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. I'm going to actually no, go you're not. with Jeez. the Chargers. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling about this one. This is a team that should tank. I know. <laughs> All right. But I just have a sneaky feeling. All right. Saturday NFL. This is silly. The NFL is going up against her. They're making college championships go right up against NFL football. Um, the, f- the first of the doubleheader is Bills at Broncos. Josh Allen's rolling right now, and nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah. I'll take Buffalo. I'm a little worried. It, it's the le- it's the perfect letdown spot. The perfect letdown spot, but I'll take Buffalo. It'll be ugly. Let me put it that way. Yes, the spread's what six and a half. Oh, Is it gonna damn, snow? that's a good number. I thought it was gonna snow. I was oh. really excited. I don't know. Man, that would be a perfect storm. Bills. 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 Bills Mafia. Bills. Panthers. Packers. The uh, Packers. <laughs> They're better, a lot better. Packers at home. Yes. Panthers are looking terrible. Packers. Yeah. All right. Sunday games. 
Uh, can't don't know who's gonna be quarterback, but Seattle coming to Washington to play the football team. Alex Smith plays or if he doesn't play, I think he I think throw out I think you should play Dwayne Haskins for this game against a bad Seattle secondary, but Seattle's still gonna win because Russell Wilson is a guy that Washington football can't stop. Uh yeah, Seahawks. So yeah. Um Seahawks, maybe. Yeah. That spread started at, funny um, note about this. This spread started at um, three and a half. It's now up to eight and a half oh in favor of Seattle. So you can see where all the money's going. This That kind of makes me want to bet the Washington football team plus the points if it gets any higher, but we'll see how what happens there. Tampa Bay going to Atlanta. Raheem Morris revenge game, Jared. Is that uh, enticing you all at all? But I'm, I'm taking Tampa right now, but is the Raheem Morris revenge game enticing you? No, absolutely, it's enticing me. The road, the road to uh, seven and nine. No, you can do seven and nine still. Oh, no, we're six and ten. Damn. Who's one of our final games? Oh, right, the Chiefs. You have the Bucks twice and the Chiefs. Yep. Nope. The road to six and ten lives on. Revenge game. Go Falcons. Bucks. Falcons. Sonia. Bucks. Damn. Almost had it. Sorry. I don't care. (laughs) they win and then i'll be like see i told you so yeah okay um the falcon the the falcons the cowboys got flexed out of sunday night for the first time since it's been on nbc (laughs) Uh, it was for the cleveland browns but we'll get to that but the cowboys instead play at home at one o'clock against dreadful san francisco that's a tough one i'm dallas can't stop anything so, yeah, I'll go the 49ers because they'll be able to run the ball, and Nick Mullins might only throw like 10 times. Can I please get T.O. to call this game? Yes! Be a beautiful thing if T.O. could call this game. I wonder who you're um, for. I don't know. Probably probably the Cowboys, to be yeah. honest with you. I'll pick the 49ers, uh, but I don't know. I don't love Yeah, um, it, it's a weird game to me. It's a weird not spread. Not really of it either way. I'm going Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton rides this high train of just beating the Bengals. I the think Bengal, the Bengals. I think. Wow. No, not because it's a good team, but because he's proud of himself because that's where he was. The Bengals. Come on, you know what I mean. I think his team rallied again, uh, rallied Jeez. for him. I think they're buying into Andy Dalton a little bit more because that was mostly the issue that you were seeing. Like they were just not playing for Andy. At all. This is a lot more time than I thought we'd be talking about this damn game. That's it. <laughs> okay. Lions, Titans, quickly. Titans. Derrick Henry gets 200 yards again. Titans. Yeah. Titans. Thank you, Derrick Henry, for helping me beat Jared in fantasy football. Oh. Hey, hashtag not last. Hashtag not last. <laughs> Sorry, James. Last. <laughs> uh, Texans, Colts. I think Deshaun will be back for this game. It won't matter. Colts continue their momentum. Yeah, go shout out Jonathan Taylor. He's finally finding his stride there. So, good Colts. Playing the Raiders helps, but yes. Yeah, well. Colts. Colts. All right. Patriots going down to the sweltering heat of Miami, Florida. Take on the Miami Dolphins, where they've historically struggled down there. Miami's actually a better team this year, and they need this win. So, I'll go Dolphins. Big bounce back performance. Fins up, baby! There you go. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think a loss eliminates the Patriots from the playoffs. Yay! How about that? Come on. 
Uh, NFC North game, losers essentially eliminated Bears, Vikings. Bears have been playing well recently, but I think the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Eh, nope, it'll be Dalvin Cook, not Kirk Cousins. What am I talking about? Vikings win a close one. I don't know where the Bears have been playing well recently. They played well like, last. They played well last week. It, it was against Houston. I know. Uh, go Vikings. Skull. Even though I picked the Bears last week, which I was really proud of picking because that was great, um, I'm also going to go Vikings. Okay. Uh, quickly, Gardner Minshew's back for the Jags. Won't be enough. Ravens big. Ravens flock. Man, I really don't want to pick the Ravens. Oh my gosh. So I'm just going to abstain from this and She's not. She's picking the Ravens. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, and 14. Oh, and 13 Jets. They're going to the Rams. Do they win? No. Rams, up. Absolutely not. Go Rams. It would just be really funny if the Jets no. won this game. They're not going to win this game. It'd be really funny. You know how though. brutal they were in Seattle last week and they have to go to LA this week. Do you think they stayed on the West Coast? I don't know. Probably. What, uh, it would... In California. Uh, what a storyline. <laughs> I am going to go with the Rams, but I think it would be really funny if the Jets win. Oh, it'd be hilarious. But... <laughs> just because it'd be the Rams losing. It'd be just be the perfect Rams losing to the Jets. and also be, It would be a Rams thing to do. It would. And also, it'd be funny because I think then who gets Trevor? The Jags would. Would they? Because they have the tiebreaker uh, somehow. I think strength of schedule or strength of... Record. How does that work? It's it's a it's lot just, of tiebreakers that don't make sense. It's just really funny. Yeah. Um, Eagles Cardinals suddenly a game with a lot more luster. <laughs> I'll go Arizona because please, Jared. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Arizona. Okay. That will put Washington football team for me at ease. Game of the year: Chiefs at Saints. This is a tough pick for me because it's two ways. If Drew Brees is playing, I'm picking the Saints. But if Mahomes is playing, if, if Taysom Hill is playing, I'm picking the Chiefs. Did I say I said the Saints, right? If I picked Drew, yeah. so yeah, I I confused myself. If Drew Brees is playing for the Saints, I'm picking the Saints. If Taysom Hill is playing, I'm picking the Chiefs. So that's where I stand because I don't know who's playing. I'm the same way. Damn it! But, you know what? You know what? No, 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 no. no. We can't wuss out. We can't wuss out. I can't- no, I can't. I can't pick the Saints. I can't. Do no, it. you can't. Go, go Chiefs. Ah, uh, man. Shoot, I can't wuss out on this, can I? Mm-mm. No, you shouldn't. I really need to know who's gonna play. No. Go in. Mm, I have the right Ready, to change three, this, James. Two, James, James, if you're listening, I have the right to change this when the news comes out. Chiefs. Hey. Chiefs. <laughs> okay. And then, oh, Sunday Night Football. The Browns back in prime time again for the second week in a row. At the Giants. I'll go to the Browns. Big bounce back week. Ryan, do you know the name of the quarterback taken first overall in 2012? Andrew Luck. Yeah, Luck. Boy, you want to talk about Luck. The Browns coming off of one of their tougher weeks of the year get to bounce back against the crumbling Giants. I'll take the Browns. Wow. You've picked against the Browns like for the last like six weeks. I have, but they got lucky. Oh. How, Fair wait, enough. What do you mean they got lucky? The lucky scheduling break. Oh. The lucky scheduling Cause, break. Because like they're coming off a gut-wrenching loss 
And what better team to bounce back again than the Giants who stink? I'm just going to throw this out there. At least our schedule is random, and it's not like our athletic director is signing off. Can you stop with the pot shots? No, it's actually, actually, that was a pot shot at Alabama, not at you guys. Yeah, right. Because Alabama picks really easy, easy, uh, uh, p- people to play against, so they never have a really good, strong schedule. Yeah, because you really always think about how Alabama plays. We always talk about Browns this. or Giants. Who are you? Browns? Okay. Is it even a Jeez. question? That's all you had to say. Man. The trolley rolls on. The trolley rolls on. You want to change it, Jared? You got time. What? You got no. time to change your pick oh. so the trolley can roll on. Nah, the trolley has to. The trolley has to convince its riders that it's uh, it's non-partial. <laughs> Uh, Steelers, Bengals, Steelers, and they cover that 13-point spread, too. They're pissed. Uh, yeah, Steelers are mad. Yeah, another instance of L-U-C-K luck. It is, yes. Don't do it. Don't. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. She oh, needs the Browns God. to still be in the division Bengals! race. Oh, no. Mostly because I really need no! the Steelers to lose, but also I think they're imploding, like I said they do at the end of the season. Jeez. Who's the Bengals quarterback? Brandon Allen. Oh, gosh. If Joe Burrow was playing. Oh, yeah. Bengals up. Oh, that'd be a good game. I would have picked the Bengals. No All joke. Right. No joke. Yeah. yeah. But he's not. And the team sucks. They suck. They're they're tanking. They are tanking. They are purposely trying to lose football games. In a good way. To get Penny Sewell. Your boy. All right. That's every... NFL game, we went through the deep Whit Babcock press conference. We got through a lot tonight, so hopefully no more breaking news comes out the next few days, so we have to record another another damn pod, because we took a lot of time tonight, but it was a blast. Uh, as always, thanks, Jared, for coming on, bringing your insight. Hopefully, Virginia Tech football makes some strides in the next few years. And has some fun. Yes, let's all have some fun. That's the theme. That should be the theme of the pod, so let's just have fun. No need for the pot shots. No need for the pot shots at, at the the athletic director and the scheduling and the the uh what what no, comparison out of nowhere. Yeah, the comparison out of nowhere. Notre Dame is the team that VT should be. What? By what I mean, what I mean, just to clarify, okay, well, we gotta wrap. Just to clarify, what I meant by that was that I think Notre Dame is a team that's always competitive, oh, Lord. and that is always fighting to even win against Clemson. And I would like to see VT be a team that can compete with Clemson or On any that good note, team. We've got to go. I know. So, yay! Yeah, yay! Let's have fun. Thanks for tuning in, guys. No see you later. <laughs>